I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Smushpod Royale. With Tanya Roberts, Grace Jones, and Christopher Walker. (laughs) Has James Bond finally met his match? Find out this summer in A View to a Chill. Title song performed by Duran Duran. Hello and welcome to Smirshpod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week, we'll be dealing with cloning, horses, Nazis, and elderly access. Yes, it's view to a kill. And joining me to dance into the fire is professional Welshman. <laughs> That's my standard intro now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Dan Thomas, who can be found on Twitter, is at Dan Thomas Comedy. Hello, Dan. Hello. How are you diddling? I am doing very well, because this is the first time I've appeared on this show, and it's a film I fucking enjoyed. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Because what did we, we did Lethal Weapon 4. Lethal Weapon 4, Biggles, yeah. and uh, uh, Condor Man. Oh, Yes. Condom, I mustn't forget that. And now we're here for a proper bond. A proper bond in in every way, it really is. This is everything yeah. you could want in a bond film. So when did you see this film? Uh the first time. Yeah. Oh, I would have been this is maybe one of the first ones I saw. It's, mm. This is the first VHS bond I mm. owned. So I would have watched this thirty times as a child. Mm. Um so this is this is the classic one for me. Yeah, this is the first one I saw at the cinema. Of course, there's a little bit of... Uh, yes, I was slightly too young to see it. Living Daylights was mine, so I just missed this one. Yeah, yeah, but, I was eight. But this is this is great for kids. Yeah, it is. Well, Especially kids who like their granddad. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me, you know that Clive Dunn show, Granddad? Yeah. It, it's like a Christmas special where granddad's got involved in espionage. <laughs> it's, it's... I mean, think, I think Roger is still a fine-looking man. Yeah. Because he's not like... He looks 58, but he's a healthy 58. Yeah. Whereas back then... The people in their 50s would have looked like in their mid-80s. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, there's people in this film who aren't that old, mm. who are, but because they're British and it's the 80s, look fucked. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the biggest candidates for a Bond film who is exclusively surrounded by old men. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because him and Patrick McNee aren't exactly like an ex, you know, exciting double act. No, it's, it's, maybe it is that sort of late stage of your career where you just want to hang around with your friends. Mm. 
You know, you just, he's just doing it for fun at this point, surely. Yeah. Well, it is fun being James Bond. I don't know. I mean, because I get the sense he didn't like doing this one. No. Didn't everyone, or he hated everyone on it? Yeah, he did. So he kind of been having a whale of a time. I guess the money was fine. Yeah. Uh, another one where he signed on at the last minute, but said, this is it now. This is the last one I'll do. Yeah. And I, I, but his heart seems in it. Hmm. As much as it can be at that point. Well, this is more stuntman than man in this one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's certainly really. more stuntman than Rog. Yeah, 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 definitely. And he didn't go on with Grace Jones. No, which is a shame. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know Grace Jones personally. Mm. She could be very nice. I'm she's sure not, she's, she's nice. not one of those people that you go, oh, she's the nicest woman in show business. No. Whereas Rog, I, in fact, I was looking at this yesterday. The reason Grace Jones didn't like Roger Moore is because he supported. The South African apartheid regime. Oh, really? But I looked that up. It's like, there's no sign that Roger Moore gave... I think it was because he made one film in South Africa in the 70s, Probably. Gold. Yeah. Which is a cracking film. Yeah, it is good. Where else are you going to film that? You can't make that in Barnsley. I mean, he's a UNICEF ambassador as well. Exactly. He's not exactly going to support the... Uh, I don't, was he back then or was that something that... Was I think he was bond? toying with it back then. Right, so he, clearly he's mm. a nice bloke. Yeah. When he died, nothing nasty came out about him, did it? Only really, really lovely things, mm. yeah. Let's see what happens when Grace goes. Well, she hit Russell Harty. Really? Yeah, on telly. Well. Well, Russell Harty had a chat show where, um, sorry kids, Russell Harty was a chat show host. I'd like there's any kids that <laughs> listen to this. Um, and he used to have a format where he'd have guests either side and he'd have to turn his back on one to speak to the other. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah she yeah. said, don't turn your back on me and started slapping him. What, didn't something terrible happen to Ru- Russell Harty? He died. No, but I mean, <laughs> that day. Yeah. Uh, he's, didn't he? Didn't he have some guests on that ended his career, or was that? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, maybe I'm thinking Rod Hull attacked him. Oh no, that was Parkinson. Maybe I'm, Rod think, Hull I'm thinking of the Sex Pistols on that other show. Oh yeah, that was Bill Grundy. That's right. Yeah, yeah that yeah, finished yeah. his career. Yeah. Yeah, Grace Jones said cunt as well, but she did, and he said, "Did do you really say another one?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this film kicks off with Rog. Mm, Sort of wandering around in the snow. Yeah, well, no, he's not. He's wandering around in a back lot in Pinewood while somebody else wanders around in the snow and he's yeah. got completely different lighting. Yeah. And he finds a dead agent. Which, God, what a terrible day to be an extra. Yeah. Because they've properly buried that dead fella in the, in the snow. Yeah. And it was, I mean, he's, he would have got cancer. Off yeah. the back of that because it was all asbestos back then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. wasn't at the premiere. No, he wasn't. He was long dead. He was like the fella in Chernobyl in that little tank. This skin all bubbling. Yeah, yeah. Can I go to the premiere? No. Best not. No. And show it on telly. In here? No, we'd have to put it outside the bubble. <laughs> but the walls all crinkled. So. You're very open to infection right now. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> the, the, the royal premiere of this, of course, um, uh, Jared Harris turned up and gave that speech at the end of Chernobyl, <laughs> pointing at all the red blocks. Right, yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because well, this is all about microchips, which yeah. in the mid-80s were very exciting. Everyone in this is very excited about microchips. Yeah, everyone knew microchips. They didn't know what the fuck they were. No. Because they, there's no understanding of the technology whatsoever in this. No. Um, I, I, I love the fact that, they, I mean, it's just a little square thing, isn't it? That yeah. he takes out the locket, which is the first place any, anyone's going to look. If he was trying to hide it, he should have shoved it up his ass. Yeah. That um, would have been a great scene. That would be, yeah. Just, Roger ruining his ass. Just, just shaking off this yeah. and ass thing. And, Putting oh. on one of those gloves, like in All Creatures Great and Small. Yeah. Right in his arsehole. For king and country. Yeah. But it's quite, it's quite a sad moment, because when he opens the locket with the microchip, there's a little photo of the man's wife and children. He's another double O agent. Yeah. 
Sadly dead. Well, we don't know that's who they are. That could be part of his cover. It's true that he, they could, he could be like stalking them. Yeah, he could be a nutter. This could be the last people he killed. Yeah. We're giving this man this a lot of sympathy here. They always take trophies, don't they, serial killers? Yes. And that's probably what happened. So that's probably good. Roger's probably like, good, I'm glad you're dead. You're yeah. right, wrong. And Nasty piece of work. Yeah. Um, but he's spotted by the, the Russians. Yeah. I'm presuming it's the Russians. And it's never really explained, is it? Not really. One of them looks like Gordon Brown. Right. The helicopter pilot. So it's going to be after, and it was, it was originally going to be filmed in Scotland as well. Yeah, so he yeah. could be up against the Scots. Yeah, oh God, you don't want to get up against the Scots, no. do you? No, you don't. The Welsh are bad enough. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's chased, and there's a quite exciting chase, which is um, he's left with like the, the paddle of a snow, chop, a snow bike thing. I was going to say well, He's on skis, isn't he? I think he's on one ski. He's on one ski, and then he's... Oh, he's on the thing, yeah. And then he gets on that and they start playing California Girls. Yeah. Even as a kid, that was naff. I was so embarrassed, even as a kid, yeah. It's because it has to be said of all the great ski uh, action scenes they've done in Bond, this is fairly mediocre. It's not a great one. Keep going to blue screen of Rog looking really... F- he yeah. doesn't look happy in that cagoul. But even as a designed scene, it's it's not that exciting. When you think about the start of uh, Spy Who Love Me, isn't it? Yeah. When he kept, that's such an exciting scene. Yeah. This is just like, oh, just just paint by numbers ski scene, really. It's like the early guys when you used to watch Ski Sunday, the ones who weren't very good. Yeah, the it's beginning. like the under-16s, yeah. <laughs> like Junior Kickstart. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and, then, and then he gets to wherever he's going and he's fighting. It's a very... It's a slightly boring scene. He does ski across the water, though. That's quite exciting. That's sort of exciting. Yeah, because I guess this is the early uh, iteration of snowboarding. Yes. Which is now popular with the lads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you me and the lads. The trust fund lads. Yeah, we're always uh, snowboarding around uh, Jamaica and the like. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, it's, it's not that. I was a bit bored at the start. Do you think the woman in the submarine is part of the organisation, or do you think he's kidnapped her in a kind of... Uh, Silence of the Lambs fashion. She is, she's, they have, not a lot of people know that in Russia there is a uh, uh, covert submarine Uber. Mm. So he's just, he's just, WhatsApped and she's turned up oh, in I a papier-mâché submarine. It is papier-mâché. Oh, God. And they've put it against the ice and you're supposed to be like, where, where's he going? And you're like, oh, he's going in that papier-mâché submarine. Yeah, obviously. It looks mm. like, like, remember when they did Tracy Island on yes. Peter? Yeah. Like, it looks like that. It does. Maybe they'd sold out of submarines that year, so they built their own. Thing is, I was watching the making of this, and I thought this is going to be one of the lower budget, just crack it up. It wasn't. They spent a long time making that scene and a yeah. lot of money, and it's that's what they ended up with. Yeah. Like I say, I'm very positive about this film. Yeah. It doesn't sound great at the start. No. It's not. I'm just saying comparatively, it's not a great opener. Must stink in that submarine as well. Well, he says something like, "Does he say it's three days until Cal- Calcutta yeah, or wherever?" I forget where he's going. Um, but I mean, also, I, I would have loved it if because he's 58. Mm. If they were like, uh, what are we going to do for three days? Mm. And I'd love to just smash cut to him, like her in bed, and him next to her, just reading like, like the Haynes manual, <laughs> just with like a couple of like half moon glasses. Yes. Just, just look. Do you want to fuck? I no. <laughs> I'm I'm old enough to be your father. Do you think the toilet in there? No, well, you can go out and just shit out the hatch. Not very romantic though, is it? There's one thing. Well, that- shitting in the same room isn't that romantic either. Yeah, but you've got a door or something. Uh, there's something about the image of a 56-year-old Roger, or 58 whatever he is, just crouching outside of the hatch, just dumping. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of things. This film, for some reason, made me realise a bunch of stuff that they don't keep in uh, a Bond film. Like, like, I can imagine 
Bond having sex. Yeah. But I can't, and I realised this while watching this, I can't imagine Bond actually coming. Because it's that, that, that debonair thing. You can, you can fuck debonair. Mm. You can't come in a debonair way. You go, uh, oh, 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 thank you. <laughs> There's no, you can't, you can't jizz in character as Bond. No. It, w- it would be like that when South Park did the uh, Indiana Jones episode where right. George Lucas has sex with Indiana Jones. And they do that close-up of him, his cum face. <laughs> and it just looks really aw- horrible because it's George Lucas. It'll be like that. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, and he's on top of you with his neck skin flapping down on your chin. His sweaty ass going up and down. I, I'm going to say, in his defence of the late Roger Moore, mm. I think he was bone dry all the time. Do you think? Yeah. No sweat? I don't think he was much of a sweater. Do you think he was like Prince Andrew, that he'd had some sort of event that scarred him he would have had a number of, that, that Prince Andrew has one whatever happened to him and he can't sweat Some the things Bond stuff. has been through yeah. he's not sweating no. he's lucky if he can build up spit <laughs> do you think maybe that woman is less on there as a sex object and more sort of a life form that he can suck sustenance from I think he is probably just hanging out with her to just find out what the kids are into these days just mm. try and so he doesn't because he probably would feel old but he's just like what's happening in the uh, hit parade snowboarding Snowboarding? Yeah. Anything else? Uh, swatches. Swatch. Have you heard of someone called Wham? <laughs> I assume it's some sort of sound. <laughs> what is a Rubik's Cube? <laughs> that's Q's working on that, sure. Yeah. Exploding one. That's Actually, that's a good point. It feels mm. like in the 80s that would have been something he did. Yeah, well, we'll come yeah. on to that later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when he gets back, uh, he's met with Q, who's very excited about his sex robot. <sighs> Can you imagine if you are actually M and, and your elderly gadget man brings that in? Yeah. You'd be like, like when's it in the shops? No, 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 it's not, it's not a toy. It's a sophisticated... It's very sophisticated. It's covert. No one... Because it blends in mm. to, to where, Q? You know, robot dog conferences? <laughs> Mate, you, you, it's time to retire, but right? you're, not, you're not well. He calls it a uh, highly sophisticated surveillance robot. There's a thing about that. There's a bit where he picks it up and puts it down yeah. on the thing, and it just—they haven't done any like sound effects on it. It just sounds like a cheap plastic yeah. piece of shit. It's like a tonker. He may as well have a, like a Zoids thing that he's made. Yeah, that he just wheels in. It—it's probably all it was. Yeah. He just spray that. That's the thing. This feels like a cheap film, but I know it wasn't. No, or. If Q is to say, look, I am retiring and I'm going into robot wars with this. That'll be like, yeah. that is good that you have something because we were worried. We've been worried about you for a while now. He's called Sir Fuck a lot. Can't call him that. <laughs> can't. Just doggy style. No. Mm, yeah, all right, do that then. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Bond comes in and uh, he, uh, Q's excited to show him at the, uh, uh, to tell him about the microchip that he's, he's got. And it's a copy of one that's already in production. Yeah. So there's obviously some sort of mole or something going on. Yeah. So Q puts it into the uh, micro comparator. Yeah. But as he does so, you get, unfortunately, a very good close-up of his hands, which are now in an elderly state. Yeah. And they look like off sausages <laughs> <laughs> with fingernails glued on them. Which they were. That's, yeah. that's, that's a lot of where the money went was um, making false hands for Desmond Cowellin. Do you think it was the Jim Hempson Creature Workshop? It was, um, no, because they did good work. They this did. was hammered together by whoever did the fucking robot dog. 
I, I love the fact it's very patronizing that scene. Mm. It's like they, you could have just told us. He says, "Well, look, this is a microchip, and this is a microchip, yeah. and we've analyzed it, and um, they're, they're the same design." We were like, "Okay, oh, hey, got it." Plot point. Lovely. He goes, mm. "No, we've built this piece of shit, and the thing that is." Very patronizing that they have to have like it, it, it sort of folds over itself. Yes, to just we would have got it. Mm. We're not idiots. Do you think they later melted down Q to make him into the Samiad from Five Children and It? Melted him down, yeah. I think leave him up in the sun for an afternoon and he would have gone because <laughs> he because <laughs> he used to burn, didn't he? Really easily, Desmond Quell. And so when he did license to kill, they wouldn't let him out because yeah. then because it wouldn't have looked like he had just come from Swindon or wherever the fuck he lives. Yeah, he did burn really easily, yeah. Um, so then um, they go to the. They basically say, "We think Max Zorin is a bit dodgy." So they base that on nothing, by the way. Based on nothing. On nothing. Yeah. They just go. What about Zorin? Well, it can't be him. What? Fucking, it's gonna be in it. Yeah. It. I've, there's probably a lot of people working in that organisation. Mm. And but there we got to move the plot along. We're nearly six minutes in. And we're gonna go to the horse races. Yes. Where Lois Maxwell is, I'm pretty sure, playing it drunk. Yeah. Yeah. And they're given a horrible dress to wear. She looks like a nan's couch. Yes, but and then but she's the same age as Roger. Mm. It's that's what she should be wearing. Mm. I'm 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 fine with it, and she's having a nice day. She's out the office for the first time in a while. She's got a nice hat. So wait a minute, wait a minute. I just wait wait a minute. When Roger Moore turns up, she's already got the hat. Yes. But they haven't figured out that Zorin's going to be at the races. No, but I think they say we're going to go there now. Oh, so they're already suspicious for no reason. All right, fair enough then. So they don't need Bond really. No. No. No, but we meet Tibbet, which is uh, Patrick McNee. The lovely Patrick McNee. Lee Patrick McNee. Yeah. Bet he was a goer. You bet he was, or do yeah. you have any in- inside oh, information? No, no, I, just, I just assume. I mean, he's quite a portly gent. Yeah. I mean, how much action? I mean, he's next to Roger Moore. Is he? You know why they called him Roger Moore? It was his birth name. Yes, his name. <laughs> Patrick McNee does have a very funny story behind his name. Yeah. He used to fuck with his knee. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> I'll send you something from my personal stash. Is there a Pornhub um, category for that? Uh, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's all on the BBC. But we see that Pegasus is yeah. uh, Zorin's horse. Yeah. And it wins quite comfortably. Yeah. And McNee suspects foul play. <sighs> Yeah, this but, horse always wins. He says, and then he says something like, "Actually, he has a line like uh, it seems suspicious." Um, I can't remember. He has something, and then Roger Moore says, "Well, maybe he's getting injections." Well, I mean, that's sort of everyone knows that Patrick McNeese in the industry. Actually, what is Patrick McNeese? Is he's a horse trainer who's also a spy? Uh, I think he's just like a horse trainer advisor to the to MI six. Yeah, although he does start working undercover, and then he starts working undercover. Yeah, what he's what is his gig? He's just on for a jolly, isn't he? There's a lot of stuff in this film that is like, I don't think these people know how the espionage business works. No. No, I mean, none of it's spying, is it? No. It's like Murder Mystery Weekends. Well, hang on now, because I do quite a lot of them, and it's uh, more do complex you? than you think. Do you act in them? No. I, 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 you I, th- I solve them. Do you? I didn't know this about you. I, it's quite nice. Is it? Well, I mean, it's a, it depends who's doing it. Sometimes it can be a bit cringy with the acting. Mm. Um. But the mystery itself, I, I, I like a mystery. Do you? Yeah. Would you ever be in one? No, because I, uh, <laughs> a while back we had a dinner mystery thing. Uh, I talked to the actor after, and he said, uh, 75 quid a night. He's like, for this? Because you're there for three hours, and you get to bring his own PA. Mm. <laughs> right? And you get fed. 
doesn't even get fed. He oh. didn't even get fed. Oh. It is bullshit. Oh, so right. no, I wouldn't be in it. No. But you know what? He's a struggling actor. You've got to make ends meet. Fine. Right. I'm not judging. It was Benedict Cumberbatch. It, that man was Benedict Cumberbatch. Wow. It's only five quid, though. Well. You only got 60 for Sherlock. 60. Well, yeah. 60 quid now. But they so do feed fine. you. And it's about 15 quid voucher. Yeah. So it's about the same. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so they say to Bond, you're going to go and need to speak to uh, a horse expert about doping. Right. Uh, and, and it's a man called... Akil Aubergine. Wait, is this... I mean, they just didn't give a fuck at that point, <laughs> do they? They've got a French dictionary and flipped to, like, page three of the A's. I went, hmm. that'll do. Akil Aubergine is possibly one of my favourite characters in James Bond, though. Right. Because he's clearly a pervert. Uh, talk me through that. Well... Is it because he's French? It's, he's French, <laughs> so yes. Uh, his name's Akil Aubergine. Right. Uh, which makes him sound it like... It didn't mean anything back then. There weren't emojis back then. It's a much more kinky thing now. No, well, of course. But I just mean that he sounds in your head like a children's book where there's a little aubergine man with a little uh, beret. Yeah. And he's like, hello, I'm going to teach you about maths. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a keel aubergine. Except with a French accent. But instead of that, it's, it's a Frenchman with terrible teeth yeah. and bad lip syncing. Yes, bad lip syncing. And he says the line, um, security is formidable. But the key to this mystery is there, and I, Akil Aubergine, intend to find it. And then he dies. And then he dies. <clears throat> in a nonsense way. Mm. Um, the butterfly assassination. But he also, the reason I'm saying he's a pervert is just slightly before that, mm. when the Dominique, the butterfly lady, is doing mm. her dance, surrounded by butterflies. So she's like kind of bringing them down like the dove from above. Yeah. Uh, he, he turns to one and says, perhaps we should add this butterfly to our collection, huh? In a kind of... We're going to have... Oh, we're going to gangbang the poor woman yeah. on stage. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean... I hadn't read it that way, but... It, oh, God. Maybe, maybe he didn't mean that. Maybe he just thought, I'm going to keep this, this papier mache butterfly. Mm. I'm, I'm, I collect papier mache butterflies. I don't know. I'm, everyone needs Arby. That's true. But then again, you know, if you were having dinner and Roger Moore and Akira Dobijin went on stage and gangbanged a woman, it's better than the entertainment that was going on, isn't it? Um, I mean... I mean, the word better is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence, isn't it? If you went, oh, we, yeah, did you go to Paris? Yeah, we went to Paris. We went up the Eiffel Tower. You know, they've got the cafe there now. They've got the cafe there now. And um, I had the soup. You had the soup as well. And, yeah, and then we watched, um, we watched two old men fuck a woman on stage <laughs> at three in the afternoon. What was it like? I mean, good. <laughs> better than I was expecting. Yeah. Last time it was just some sort of karaoke. Yeah. I mean, we, we went to Disneyland, and it weren't the same. No. Well, they'd probably do that now with animatronics, wouldn't they? <laughs> do you want to fuck a snowman? It's a spunk world, after all. Oh, he's got a bunch of these written down, I can see. I haven't. I haven't that's <laughs> top of my head. Um, so, Rog sees the assassin, who's dressed in black like a ninja. Yeah, who luckily has brought the same outfit as the, as the person with the fishing rod yes. and the butterfly. What yeah. a bit of luck. Yeah. It feels like there was better ways to do it. You mean like shooting them? Shooting him, or just following on, ramming him? Bringing off. the hot air balloon from later, just parking it outside the Eiffel Tower, sniper rifle. Yeah, anything. All yeah. this would... Also, he has no valuable information. No. He he so what do you know? Well, only that there's... Stud sale. Can't do the stud sale. And yeah. it's like, I feel like... I feel like that's openly available information. Mm. There's no need to kill a man for it. There's, in fact, there's no need to go to Paris to meet a guy to get it. No. Phone him. It could have, they could have poisoned his soup. 
think he could have poisoned the soup. Yeah. Um, could have... Um, I mean, it just it seems a lot of effort. I mean, I didn't even know where you get poisoned butterflies. No, I Was don't. it poisoned or was it just pointy and it just goes into his jugular? It's unclear. It's unclear, yeah. isn't it? I'm guessing poison-tipped butterflies. Yeah. Which are even harder to find. They are. Butterflies aren't poisonous by nature, are they? Well, paper ones fucking aren't. Paper ones aren't, no, especially. But real butterflies are lovely by nature. Yeah. They flitter around and bring joy to the world. Apart from when we <laughs> murdered them. Stick them on a board. Also, I, I, I am a big fan of... of uh, physical effects and the way they've done it is they've reversed the footage yes. of it being yanked off him so it's just it's a very long shot and goes, mm. before he gets pulled off and he has to just he gets pulled off he gets pulled off Jesus Christ which again French what a way to go yeah right bad bad bit you're gonna get a dart in your face yeah good bit someone's gonna wank you off you're gonna get you tossed off and then die of a butterfly thing and you're of no value to anyone I'll take it that scene if, I don't know why they've done that scene you know, it, it seems like a lot of money to spend. Build a set, build a bunch of butterflies, train a fisherman to, to, fly, <laughs> to, to fly a butterfly. When he could have just been, we've just had information from our man in Paris. That's all they had to do. Mm. Yeah. And all, or just let Aubergine give Bond that information. Wait for Bond to come to the stud sale. Murder him. Yeah. It feels like that scene is there to justify... The, the car chase scene that they'd already filmed. Yes. So Bond chases the ninja, well, we don't know it's a lady yet, uh, out onto the Eiffel Tower. And there's a lot of stuntmen here running mm. up and down the stairs. He gets incapacitated by a fishing rod. Yes. What is that about? She mm. throws the fishing rod at him and he's like, oh, yeah. it's a fishing rod. It's like Naked Gun when they get the pillow. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It's like, that's not going to take him out. No, but it does. He gets his legs caught up in it. Oh, God. And then um, she jumps off the top of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Which, you know, is quite fun. Which she had planned for. Mm. Like, how did she know this was going to happen? She could have just run downstairs. Yeah. I'm or just... Got on top of the lift, like in Superman 2. Got on top of the lift. Yeah. She had options. She had to carry... Also, she's got to carry that baggy thing around now. She's, mm. She has got a... Actually, this, there's no way she's wearing a parachute either under that oh, fairly tight-fitting thing. No. And she doesn't pick it up. She's supposed to be wearing it the whole time. Yes. Logic problem. Yeah, it is a problem. Also, the stuntman doing this, um, they got in trouble. One of them did, because they were only supposed to do it once. Yeah. And then the other one thought, one of the stuntmen thought, I'll tell you what, it'd be really funny if I went back at night time when no one was there and did it again. Right. And uh, it caused a massive diplomatic incident. Mm. Life imitating art. Exactly. Yeah. But Bond chases, um, he, he runs down, gets a, in a cab from a stereotypical Frenchman who's, who's standing there drinking wine. Might be Ribena. Might be Ribena. Doubt, though. No, it's wine. He goes, oh, my taxi. <laughs> uh, yeah, Macabre. And he drives off, and then we get the, it's quite a good stunt sequence. It's not bad. It, it's uh, Remy Julien, who's Julien. actually the best uh, in the business. Who's doubling Roger with a, he's got this some sort of like hamster on his head. Right. When he goes under the barrier and it chops off the top of the car and he sits up, you can see it's him wearing this orange wig. Looks like Donald oh, Trump. It's actually Remy Julien, or is it yeah. a guy? Yeah, it's Remy Julien. Oh, okay. He looks like Donald Trump. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Climaxes, as it were, yeah, uh, on the on the scene, was seen, yeah, uh, with Bond jumping into a wedding cake on someone's wedding. You've missed the part where the car gets cut in half. Oh yeah, but you know, 
How's that saying? Yeah. Oh, that's dog shit. That bit as well. Yeah. Because um, it's a perfect cut. Yeah. And again, I appreciate how it was done because it was they just uh, electromagnets, mm-hmm. and then at the right moment, somebody turned the electromagnet off. So it's like I quite like the fact that it's not CGI. In the old days, they had to have like proper mechanical stunts. So that's I appreciate this. That scene f- from that point of view. Mm. Remy Julian. Uh, and I do like precision driving. Yes. Especially the the front wheel drive thing where he's just going along with the front wheels. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Then he jumps out and jumps onto the boat. Then he's on the boat. Ruins a wedding. Well, he's done that in the past, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, he ruined his own. Uh, but <laughs> I'd like to be... Uh, I, if it was my wedding, I'd be very cross. Would you? Yeah, if an old man fell through the skylight onto my wedding cake. Oh, I never then had the brass again. balls to hand a bit of it to someone and just say, Congratulations. If let me ask you a question. Mm. If it was just a random old man yeah. falling through, like one of would the, you be angry or would you be like, "Are you all right?" I'd be quite angry. Would you? If it was like one of the last of summer wine blokes. Yeah. What if it was like a Peter Salis? Yeah. <laughs> Can't see Salis doing that. But if it happened, you'd be like, yeah. "Well, I didn't know he slid it in." If it was Salis, my first thought was, "I thought it would be Compo." I'd have thought it. Would be, yeah. But would you be still be angry? Would it be like it was? You know what? Who booked Compo? Yeah. No, I'd be quite happy if it was Peter Salis. Yeah. Who was he? Was he Clegg? Uh, Salis was... Oh, God, I can't remember He was Clegg. Now. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Owen was Compo. That's a good point, actually. This film, in a lot of ways, is just a big-budget remake of After the Summer One. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It would be much better if it was just... Instead of Grace Jones, it was like a Nora Batty something. Yeah. <laughs> just, or, or a combination of the two. Just I can imagine Grace Jones in a tabard. Yeah. With, with like, a rolling pin. Yeah. And a broom. And chasing a, yeah. him down the road hair with curlers I'm saying oh I love you Mayday <laughs> yeah uh, but basically Bond gets Mayday gets away in a waiting speedboat driven yeah. by Christopher Walken yeah who we didn't mention earlier is in it Christopher Walken is in it yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's Max Sorin he's very good he is good um, they wanted David Bowie apparently um, so they've just gone to David Bowie's stylist yeah and just said just do, just do he looks good him. with blonde hair though he does yeah, I don't know why he didn't do it more often is that the only time he went blonde? I'm pretty sure. I think he, I think he had fairer hair in the early days because I, I remember. Yeah, I watched the first film he was ever in as a lead. Um, it was a horror film set in a European mental hospital. Oh, That's, I can't remember what it's called now, but he, he was very good in that. I think he had fair hair. You remember? Um, I only remember one bit of it, and there was a great line. He was like, "I don't care if you're a girl, I punch you in the mouth." <laughs> That's all I remember. Where's this been hidden? I don't know. Look it, we'll look it up somewhere. It's, no, it's, no, no, no. I mean first... this fucking Christopher Walken impression. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, this is I... like the fourth one we've done. <laughs> that's, that's well, not... he wasn't in the others, was he? <sighs> Honestly. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I, I, anyone who knows me hmm. knows that I do three impressions, and his is the main one. What's the other two? Uh, George and Zippy. Okay. Which I will also, if you like, break out later. Okay, please. When it's appropriate to yeah, the plot. Please, yeah. So you do George Zippy and Christopher Walken? Yeah. The, the unmade rainbow pilot in, yeah. Amer- in America? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ta- I, I heard Jeffrey died. <laughs> Get me in. <laughs> I want to read for it. I got the chops. <laughs> oh, dear. What a, what a pleasant surprise. <laughs> wow. Um, so Bond. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, where are we? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right, so Bond's going to go to the stud sale now. Yeah. Him and Tibbet arrive. Tibbet's pretending to be his driver. Yep. And he arrives and gives his name as Sinjin Smythe. Yep. Couldn't he have thought of a better name? I, do you know what? I was probably in my mid-twenties before I found out that I was supposed to be St. John. I know, same here. 
I, yep. I thought it was S I N J U N. Am I saying that right? Does that mean it's Sinjin's ambulance? It's Sinjin's ambulance. Yeah. Does that mean it's only picking up people called Sinjin? Yes. Or he, or he drives it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, me too. When I saw it written down, I thought, St. John? Yeah. But I'd have picked a better name than St. John Smythe. Well, I mean, what, what name would you have gone with? Paul Horses. <laughs> I'm Paul Horses. I just love horses. I love horses, best of all the animals. I love horses, they're my friends. That's what I said. Uh, we will take you to your uh, room. <laughs> he yes. just keeps singing about horses <laughs> all the time. That bit where they put the dictaphone on when him and Tibbet are arguing. Yeah. Can you? What's Sinjin Smythe doing in his room now? They cl- turn it on. It's just, I love horses. Yeah. He's singing that all day. Clumpity clump, clumpity clump. I love horses. <laughs> Is he all right? He's fine. <laughs> Just loves horses, bless him. I love the fact they've got the little dictaphone. There is, there's no gadget there. They've no. built a dog, but mm-hmm. they haven't gone. Wouldn't there be something like a little version of this? No, mm. that's an Argos. Even then, fourteen ninety nine to get those fucking things. Easily, yeah. And they must. There's a, probably a scene somewhere where it's just them in a recording studio, just yeah. having a pretend argument with one another. That would be. I. I would watch just that. That would mm. be an Edinburgh show. Do we think that him and Tibbet are a couple? Um. What evidence have you noted? They're very uh, bickery-like couples, and they go out onto the balcony, and, and they have matching tracksuits. Yeah. They have those crushed velvet tracksuits they've got later. You are describing relationships that a lot of my older relatives have with just people they golf with. So are you saying this is a Welsh thing? <laughs> I think it's a golfer thing. Yeah. I think they golf together. I don't yeah. think they're bumming. I, um, <laughs> I'm not, it's fu- I didn't you know, say bumming. I just meant a couple. Oh, like they mean together a while, and the sex has gone bad. If exactly, anything, we, yeah. um, I, I mean, I would say that there is some evidence that uh, Bond is a fan of Quim. Mm-hmm, yeah, generally, medicine woman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yes, she's in Devon Let Die. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. So um, I would say probably not. No. But uh, I leave you to your fantasy. I just think him and Patrick Mini look like a li- nice couple. They look like I'd love to hang out with them. Mm. And but I, if if they're a couple, I'm I'm really. Cause that's why he gets a bit jealous then when Stacey yes, Sutton turns up. Yes. Listen, listen. They my, part of my job is pretending that I like girls. Mm. All right. I'm going to go indoors now and have a shower. I assume you'll be joining me. <laughs> yes. Right. And Tibbet could say, well. Part of my job is pretending to be your driver, but I can't pretend that I don't love you. And then music swells. Then yeah. John Barry swells. Swells. In, in his groin. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking great, this. I've been waiting so many films for this. Go on, give him one. John, no, that's not what's happening. No. No. Oh, bugger. <laughs> I have no idea if that that could have been a bang on John Barry for all I know. Yeah, he was northern, was he? Yeah. Oh, that's probably what he sounded like. It's in the region. He was very grumpy northern man, so like they they all are. Yeah, I'm not generalising, but they are. (laughs) They are all grumpy. (sighs) Um, So Bond then goes into the party in his white tux. Yep. Puts on very old man glasses. So he can spy through yes, the window. Yeah. They don't do him any favours. They're huge. They're like Michael Caine glasses from the 80s. But they're, they're, they're age-appropriate. Mm. Sometimes they do just... There's a few age-appropriate things that happen here. He, he does dress 
a bit like an older gentleman now, which I like. And they're sort of like, you know, old people tend to get those glasses where you go outside and they go dark. Yeah. And you go yes. in and they go light. They yeah. do that, literally. Yeah. Mm. I think they're fine for him. Mm. You know, he's 58. Mm. He's probably got a colostomy bag under that jacket as well. And that was much older in those days, 58. Yeah. Now you're a spring chicken. Um, well, he was 58 these days. He was a, he was a big 58-year-old. Who's 58? Uh-huh. Who's 58? Uh, Clooney? Clooney's probably about that. Oh, yeah, spring chicken. Yeah, you're quite yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. But he's wandering around the party and he meets um, Zorin's friend. Oh, the old German man. It's the old house Nazi, as my friend Stephen <laughs> called him. Um, yeah, who's wearing, who wears a monocle. I mean, I mean, if you were trying to just, just, just you know, if Zorin says to him in his Christopher Walken voice, do us a favour, just blend in. Don't try and look like a Nazi. Don't, you're freaking people out. <laughs> Don't say, Hans Glaub sounds kind of Nazi. Come up with a better name. <laughs> what is his name now? What's his fake name? Dr. Carl Mortner. Dr. Carl Mortner, that's it. Yeah. What, if I, what if I was uh, Dr. Carl Mortner? Still kind of German sounding. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going, oh, he's probably, you know, French. <laughs> they're looking at the, the eye and the hair and the, the accent and the Nazi fucking name and they're going, Nazi. <laughs> Just, why can't you? I'm going to call you Jeff. Jeff. Just, everyone asks, you're just Dr. Jeff. <laughs> with the horses, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Just do your best. <laughs> and then he completely forgets. He completely I'm Carl Mortner. God damn it, fine. <laughs> but he starts talking to Bond about how cloning, cloning could be possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't mention the cloning thing. It's kind of a clue. <laughs> yeah, I clone humans and kill them. Oh, God damn. <laughs> but as he's talking to him, um, Mayday sort of takes him away from that. Yeah. Because then Stacey Sutton arrives in her helicopter. Yeah. To, to have a meeting with Zorin. Yeah. But bev- is it before, it's after the meeting, isn't it, where Bond takes over a champagne glass and a bottle? Yeah. And uh, it says, uh, oh, just, uh, oh, fancy a fuck. Mm. And she's like, no, fair enough then. <laughs> That's, that's about the scene, isn't it? Pretty much. And um, just be, she's come over to collect a check. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people travelling for no reason in this film. Yes. Do a fax. Yeah. Do, I mean, they didn't even have... Do they have faxes in 1985? They have like, faxes. Yeah, you can wire money. Yeah. You don't need to be flying people to France to give them a check for crying out loud. She takes the check, though. She takes the check. But we later on find out she ripped it up. Yeah. Idiot. And it's a good thing that's the only check he's written that day for Bond to find 10 minutes later. Isn't it? Because he goes in the office and he does that kind of like um, when you used to pay for things with credit cards in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does that on a machine and we get the full check come through. And is there any, is there any one, it doesn't explain, there's one piece of paper in there. I don't know how that system works. It's fine. He should have been like the big Lebowski. He should have done that and then it should have come out and it was just a picture of cock and balls. <laughs> yes. With spunk emanating from the crown. <laughs> from the crown. From the crown. And, and flies flying around the patch on the floor. Yes. I can say yeah. this is a film I enjoyed, but there was room for improvement. I always say that this is the funniest Bond film. Not meant to be, but it's the funniest <laughs> Bond film. Um, it's got so many, so much gold in it. It's yeah. It feels very much. It's very workmanlike. 
It feels like if British, British Leyland made Rotten <laughs> films, it's like that good. Yeah, we make them in factory. Yeah. Like, it's just, they just run it. If I watch the making of, uh, mm. right, and there's a bit where it, it's just all these people who just look like they're putting the cars together. Yeah. And they don't even say action. There's a bit, they were filming a bit by the mines at the end, and Christopher Walken's supposed to come on, on that little thing that he's pushing, the little yes. thing. And yeah. they don't even say action. They just go, all right, go on, Chris. <laughs> now, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it's just, it just feels like just a sharp floor. Mm. And I'm not against it. No. I'm, I'm glad it feels like when Dalton came in, and especially then, obviously, when Brosnan came in, it felt like much more of an international, proper big film. But at this yeah. point, it, it's very much its own thing. Well, because they've been doing it two every year for since 1962. Yes, but yeah. if, it feels back in the 60s, it had some more... Everything was trying to be different, and it was... It felt like they were trying to create a brand, and by this point, it was kind of a tired brand that nobody had thought to revitalize yet. Mm. So it, is, it was a tired version of what it had been, just going over the same. Like this is essentially this is a lot of plot points of Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I'm not against this film, but it no. does feel, at some points, shoddy. Yeah. Um, recycled. Recycled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Phoning it in a bit, but yeah. it's still quite fun. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But in the evening, uh, McNee and Moore decide they're going to go and have a little sneak around the stables. Yeah. Because this house belonged to an old French duke who believed he was going to be reincarnated as a horse. Which, by the way, true story. Yeah. I looked it up the, the, where they filmed. That, there was a nutter who thought he was going to be reincarnated as a horse. So he thought, I want nice stables when I come back as a horse. Mm. So he was assuming he's going to be reincarnated as a horse who also still owned that property somehow. Mm. He'd be like, I want to see that as a TV show. <laughs> yeah. My dad is a horse. Lord Ed. He'd have a little top hat. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is, you come back as a horse, you don't get treated very well, do you? No, especially if nobody knows. Because uh, how is a horse going to go, um, listen, I can't really prove this, 
but this is my house. Yeah, Morse code. Morse code. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There's your name. Two taps for yes, one tap for no. Uh, multiple taps for I've, I've got a deed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got right of property. This is my solicitor, a, a goat. Yep. <laughs> Called Billy. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's good. He's the best goat lawyer yes. you're going to find. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this was a property built by a, a, a lord who thought he was going to be... Um, Reincarnated as a horse. horse. Fine. Fine. It's a good detail. Yeah. So they go just sneaking around in that, and they're, they're wearing these little tracksuits, which yeah. I, I'm fascinated with, because they're those kind of like plush, velvety tracksuits that old people had yeah. when they did aerobics. Exactly. Yeah, and I like that. And it kind of looks like they've turned up at a disco to pick up their daughter. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Is Tracy here? Is um uh, I I'm her I'm her grandfather, <laughs> and this is my friend, just a friend. He's my lover. <laughs> All right, it's a lot of information. She's in the yeah. I'll get it. <laughs> Why did you ask if she was just he was just a friend? I just I I was just curious. Yes, it's nothing but wrong with it. It's fine. We'll be in the Volvo. Stop crying. Is that wham I can hear? <laughs> I know all about them. There's a sound effect. Um, it's an onomatopoeia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the youth words. Yep. Onomatopoeia, wham. I have all the records of onomatopoeia in my garage. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so <laughs> they go sneaking around and they find that there's like a hidden inside one of the stables. There's a platform that goes underground. Mm-hmm. And then there is a lab, Mortner's lab. Yeah. And uh, they find loads of test tubes with um, chips chips in them. Not oven chips. No, but, the, uh, the microchips. The, yeah. And uh, they realize that the Pegasus is being injected and it's possibly in the. Um, arse. In the arse. <laughs> <laughs> but then Zorin's baddies turn up uh, and they're dressed like bookies. Yes, they which are. I love yeah. as yeah, their yeah. uniform. Crystal Walken's like, we're going to get them to dress as. Uh, what's it called when you're a bookie on the um, turf accountant? Turf accountant, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the turf accountants. They've even got little binoculars for no reason. No. Oh, is this, are they supposed to be undercover as horse trainers? I guess so. At night when nobody's looking. At night, seems night like. nobody's looking. When, when they, they're running around in tracksuits. I quite like this fight scene that they have. Yeah. Because it ends in a, with a visual gag mm. of him in, in the box, and, uh, crunchy, and, the, and he gets his eyes tipped over. And one of them's Big Ron. Now, who is Big Ron? He was in EastEnders for years. I have not seen EastEnders. Right. Um, have you seen the comic strip Presents? I have not. You've not seen Five Go I've Mad seen and Dorset? Bit, I have seen that. Right, he's one of the guys in that that says, blah, 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 secret plans. One of them. <laughs> he was just like a renter heavy. He was so on was telly. He, was he a regular on EastEnders? Yeah, he had a market stall. He never had any lines. But he'd be like, I'm just going to the cafe with Den. Ron, watch the stall, will you? Yeah, no worries. That's so you'd have one line, which is, yeah. watch the stall. And he'd... Be in the background, and, you're in, and people always say, hello, big, hello, Ron, all that sort of thing, yeah. But you don't get paid any extra for that, do you? And then he died of AIDS. Is that true? No, it's not true. <laughs> what an episode. I mean, an EastEnders, not in real life. The Christmas episode, probably. Yeah. I've got in my hand a piece of paper that says, big Ron has got AIDS. <laughs> no one's going to that stall anymore. Smashes a Christmas tree up. Oh, that's, that's one of the funniest moments in telly, isn't it? When Arthur has his meltdown. I've, I've only seen the gif. Oh, right. It's really funny, because I appreciate it might be really good acting, but it's really funny. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, without context, because like I say, just a gift for me. He was stealing the Christmas club money. Right. And then all the chickens came home to roost and everyone found out. Oh, what a prick. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so they have that big fight and then they realise, well, we've got to get back because everyone knows we're out of house now. Cause Chris, oh, yeah. At this point, Christopher Wilkins having um, white guy karate lessons with um, <laughs> Chris Jones. And he gets a phone call, and it's almost like that bit in Black Dynamite. Have you seen Black Dynamite? No. Oh, it's a brilliant parody of black exploitation films. And he's fighting all these ninjas, and his phone rings in his room, and he picks it up, and he says, uh-huh. Who the hell is interrupting my kung fu? Who the hell is this? Black Dynamite? It's your Aunt Billy. Now, Billy, how many times I told you not to call here and interrupt my kung fu? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that with Zorin. He's like, oh, yeah. You know. And they say, you know, Bond's, Bond's not in his room and there's someone, something's going on in one of the stables. So they go to Bond's room post-haste and he's yeah. not in there. And then there's this really weird bit where they peer into Mayday's room and Bond's in bed. Yeah. He goes, oh, Mayday, I thought you'd never come or something. And Walken gives that look like, go on, have a go. Well, yeah, he does that. He, I mean, he does some very weird face acting in this. He does. It doesn't match the emotion he should have. No. Which, which are the decisions he makes. It's not the first time he does it either. Well, what else does he do? Uh, later on, when he's talking about um, the, the fire in the office, you were shot trying to escape that bit. And then he starts giving these weird facial tics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is the scene I was thinking. He, there's, yeah. there's a bit where... Um, I think somebody, Roger Moore calls him a psychopath, and he does a yes. face like a little pout. That's right. Oh, out. <laughs> uh, and he, and he, um, God, you have to be here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I did not know this treasure was buried here. And, um, but, he, he, but he does a thing like, I, <laughs> so Mayday goes in, yeah, and he just turns on his heel and goes, probably just go whack it off. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I'm going to whack off. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then he goes and, and oh, he probably what? Maybe he's got the room next door. He just I'm gonna listen to that guy grunt. Oh, you know he's gonna be squealing. What, Roger? Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that it's gonna be an erotic, sophisticated evening of sexual intercourse with Mayday. I don't know. She's a brute. She was the first naked lady I ever saw. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you do I've see. I've been thoroughly disappointed since. I think also, not- IMDb trivia. There, uh, this is one of only two Bond films where you can see a pube. Is it? Yeah. You see Mayday's pubes? You see one of Mayday's pubes. Just one? You have to, I, Is it on the carpet? Probably, you have to be... <laughs> it's in Roger's teeth later oh, on. I am... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so that... I, and you have... Apparently you have, to, you have to pause it in just the right place, but there's this, and apparently there's a pube in um, uh, Mount of Golden Gun. So check them out, kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't identify that pube. It's Rogers. <laughs> oh, God, is it? Yeah. Is it really? No. I don't know. Uh, so in the next morning, he's um, woken up by uh, oh, um, Jenny Flex. We, yeah. she, she was in it earlier. She's... Um, Alison Doody. Alison Doody. Who was brilliant. And then he did this and a couple Crusade, of other bits. Last, what else? It's the last Crusade, obviously. And then yeah, something else. Something else and then that was it. Didn't she, she's just a presenter in Ireland now, isn't she? Is she? Yeah, I think she's still got some sort of media career. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I mean, thought she was great. Yeah, she's the new gay burn. Is she? Yeah. What, dead? Well, no, I mean... That, <laughs> she, she's... No. I thought that was code on TV in Ireland. Yeah. I'm afraid she's the new, new gay baron. You know, she's gone gay baron. Oh, the funeral's on Friday. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. I'm glad she's doing something. And I'll be honest with you, she looks pretty much exactly the same. Does she? Yeah. I'm glad you're honest. Yeah. 
she's great. No, oh, she's lovely. Um, but Shame about the name, though. You can't. I'm not much of a career can you have if you've got Alison Doody. How, how did nobody say? Maybe change. Change it to what? Poo. Well, just something. Let's get out of the entire shat in yourself area. <laughs> you know. Yeah. What would you What would you change your name to? Her chain. Oh, um, what's what's the furthest away from poo? Uh, we. Yeah, Alison Wee. <laughs> They're spelt French. But the French spelling, yes. Yeah, yeah. So she's kind of like bucket bouquet. Yeah. It's we, but it's, it means <laughs> we as in yes. <laughs> yeah. She says chasing after the postman. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> no, you're being weird. And also, everything still says duty. Yeah. You haven't changed it at the post you office yet. anything. Idiot. Um, but he sees Zorin the next day, and Zorin says, I trust you slept well. And he says, a little restless, but I got off eventually. Oh, God's sick. I, I'd love I mean, it if they'd have, at the end he would just go, I'm not going to bother doing the, it's not going to be double entendres anymore. I haven't mm. got the strength for it. We're just going to, did you sleep well? Yes. After I jizzed. <laughs> 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 and, that's, and that's it. Couldn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> After I jizzed. Um, but, <laughs> but then Zorin gives him some small talk to distract because he's got a sophisticated Commodore 64. Oh, fucking yeah. That can take pictures. I love this. Mm. I love this. I'm going to find out who you are. I'm, let me just boot up CFAX. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 888 subtitles, 777 face recognition. You remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what he's logging on to. Oh, it's, it's his own computer. He's got his own computer, which, yeah. which isn't plugged into anything. No. He's not getting... Oh, www. Um, it's like spies <laughs> all of them dot com <laughs> but he does everything because p- people in the 80s obviously were scared of computers so he does that classic acting thing where it's just like one button yeah one oh. button yeah. <laughs> he does that face there yeah 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 when the picture of Bond comes up he does that wow he, he does he does he does a little face like a little oh cheeky because mm. it says James Bond license to kill armed and, and dangerous, dangerous. Oh, it's going to be fun because there's a piece, there's a music cue in this, a John Barry music cue that's called "He's Dangerous." That plays when Bond's oh. in danger, in, in action. Right. Okay. And it's got a sexy electric guitar in it. Oh, as mm. if there's any other sort. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, <clears throat> it says it actually. It says he's extremely dangerous. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he then says to him, "We've got a horse you might like." I'm not doing an impression. That's just came out weirdly. Because um, his cover is that he's coming to buy a horse. Yeah, yeah. He's got a mad old auntie who's left him a stable. Yeah. So he says, why don't you come out and have a ride with me? So they go out on the ride, and then his men start attacking Bond. Yeah. And lifting up the things. The things, The yeah. jumps. What were they built for? Uh, killing spies. I know. But it's like, I, you know, I, these weren't cheap. And, I, you know, I'll be honest, didn't think I'd get to use them. <laughs> It's a big day for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but Bond's too clever for them and gets away. But he ducks. I yeah. mean, what a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> the, the horses who were chasing him, who you assume would have been trained on this and done the health and safety. Okay, just so you know, um, when you're chasing them, I'm going to be changing the levels on the thing. Keep an eye on that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fucking forgot about that. Bonk. But Roger Moore's like, oh, duck. Right? Mm. And he gets away with it. It's bullshit. Yeah, it is bullshit. But he runs off because he sent Tibbet away to the car alert, wash. alert the authorities and get the car washed. But he actually gets the car washed. 
Yeah, I think yeah. he was saying get the car washed in case anyone was listening. Yeah, but the fucking idiot's gone actually yeah. gone to the car wash. Also, so so there's a bit where he's at the gate and Mayday's there. Yeah, and he goes to open the gate himself, turns around, Mayday's gone. Yeah, first of all, he's looks he looks around, he goes, well. He can, She's in the car, mate. Mm. Also, and even if he hadn't noticed at the point, how big does a car have to be to not notice that Grace Jones is in it? Exactly. That's, You'd have to have, like, a big rig. You'd have to be... I mean, she, it's like she's in the boot. She's yeah. in the back seat. She's in the back seat lying down. How do you not notice Grace Jones? She, and she seems like a heavy heavy breather as well. Yeah. I bet she was cross back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. But he, he gets murdered. Yeah. And then when they catch up with Bond, he says to them... Um, Killing Tibbet was a mistake. Then Wilkins says, I'm about to make the same mistake again. But you're going to kill him again? Yeah. <laughs> and he... Well, but it's, oh, yeah. Well, they knock Bond out and put him in the backseat of the car with Tibbet and put the car in Just the Just fucking shoot him! Yeah. With your butterfly drowning bullshit. Yeah. Just put a gun to some cancer and shoot him. <laughs> you're wasting time. Yeah. Oh, and, the, and there's the famous scene that is what I, I, in fact, this is what I remember. I remember this scene very much from childhood because I mm. thought I'm going to remember that because if I ever drown in a car, I'm gonna, I'll know how to stop myself. Mm. And I know that you can't because you explode or something if you try sucking air of a tire. Apparently, yeah. Well, apparently there's not enough air that comes out anyway. Oh, is there not? No, so no, you would drown. Crying out loud. Also, yeah. I remember seeing the making of, and just before they put me in the water, they had to put on a special, <laughs> they had to spray a stuff on Roger Moore's head for that scene to make sure that. It didn't just leave. What? His head? His hair. Oh, hair. Yeah. Right, right. They had a, like, glue his hair. I mean, he had, I, was it a wig? It was a wig at that point, wasn't it? It looks like a wig. Or yeah. a hair piece. But it was fairly well nailed on. Mm. It's a, a big nail sticking out in the middle of his head. Yeah, yeah. But I remember he's a kid going, why has he let them show that on the making mm. of? I guess he didn't give a shit. He had 110 million quid. Yeah. I looked it up. What? That was his net worth? That was his net worth at the time of death. Wow. So, and I think he was doing more work then than he was. It's not like he's a, made that money since. That was a, He was lauded then. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I'm just saying. If you're a, if you're a nice guy, nice things happen. He should have. He, he knew he shouldn't have done this one as well. Yeah. He, he said so many times he shouldn't have done it. And at the point when you're on the film set and somebody's having to glue your hair on, oh. you go, maybe it's time to call it a day. Mm. But then you're halfway through then. He waits for Mayday and everybody to drive off after they're sufficiently convinced that he's dead. And then we get the scene where um, Zorin goes to see the Russians. Yes. Oh, I have one quick question mm. about the... Just because they knock him out and put him in the car. Yeah. Um, uh, Scarpine, who's the other henchman, mm. uh, knocks Bond out by hitting him between the shoulder blades. Yeah. Which I've seen in films before. And it wasn't until mm. I was watching it yesterday that I went, I don't think that would work. No, I think you just get a really bad... Uh, you, just go, back. you just go... Ow! Yeah. Get in the car. Fuck off. <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> I'll do, all right, I'll get in the car then. You're a knob. <laughs> See, this is Roger's film where he doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're a fucking knob, mate. You, you, you a fucking dick. <laughs> Ow. I got sciatica. I'm 58. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, because that is a trope, and I didn't question it until yeah. yesterday, and I don't think that works. But if there's any, any doctors listening, please get in touch. Can you be knocked out by me and hit between the shoulder blades? Oh, also, uh, Zorin says to him uh, just before they put him in the car, that, that when Bond says, um, the, but he basically says, if anything happens to me, the MI6 will come after you. And Zorin says, they're more likely to try and cover up your embarrassing incompetence. And then Bond goes, don't count on it. <laughs> Which I don't think sounds like what he thinks it sounds like. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> 
they they've cleaned up my shit before. Yeah, I'm I I fuck up monthly. Mm. I, I'm still here, mate. Mm. So they're coming for me. Okay. <laughs> see. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but then we get the scene where Zorin and uh, Grace Jones go and see the Russians. Yeah. Our friend Gogol and one of the henchmen played by Dolph Langren. Which I didn't realise until yesterday. And who was he dating so. at the time? Grace Jones. Yes. I, I knew he was in it, but I never knew where he was. I bet his back was fucking knackered, didn't he? Oh, God, he's a weak man at that point. <sighs> Roger Moore tells a story that he was his next dressing room to him was Grace Jones and Dolph Lundgren. Right. When they were doing this film. He said they played loud music all the time, and he had to go and tell them to turn it down. <laughs> I can totally believe that. I absolutely love that. I want them to do a like, urban myths show about that. Roger Moore's dressing room. If anyone's listening, please do not get in touch with me. Just talk to a producer. We want to make this show. Yeah. I'll come on board as an exec. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that's what the money is. Yeah. The thing about that scene where Dolph Lundgren is in it, he is genuine. He's never even in focus, but he's no. actually quite menacing. And he's perfect for the part. And then the actual other KGB agent who's not Gogol mm. is, he just looks like somebody's dad who's he turned does. up. Yeah. He was quite famous. Did you know he was a celebrity? No. He was a pop singer who went by the name of Lee Grant in New Zealand. He was like a teeny pop singer in the 60s. Uh-huh. Moved to England to in the, thinking he would be famous there. Mm. Had no success. Ended up acting. Wow. He did this in brush strokes. Brush strokes? <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah, but brush strokes. Well, he was just making each of doing what he could. I mean, I'm more impressed with brush strokes. Yeah, I do like him in this, though. He's got, I think he's got a great scene later on mm. when he comes back on that rig. Yes. No, it's good. But he doesn't look KGB, whereas Dolph Lundgren is there, who looked KGB as fuck. Oh, he looked great, didn't he, Dolph Yeah, Lundgren? he really does. And there's that famous story where Stallone cast him as Drago, obviously, because he yeah. looks fucking scary. And then he, the, produ- the producers of the He-Man film, I think somehow got talking to Stallone one day, and he said, oh, who have you cast? And they said, Lundgren. He said, you haven't given him any lines, have you? <laughs> they're like mm, yeah oh dear did you do a test screening no uh, we watched Rocky 4 oh yeah when he just says I must break you nails that line though yes, he's great in Rocky 4 yeah you can't carry a film for an hour and a half saying it though can you he nearly killed Stallone in that I heard that yeah, 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 yeah. his heart got fucked yeah with a punch yeah charming man oh Absolutely. His full name, of course, is Dolphin Lundgren. Dolphin? No, not really. Made up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my favourite bit. After this, Zorin is on his airship, mm-hmm. and we get the repeat of the scene from Goldfinger, yep. where, where if, you, if any of you want to leave, you can, and one says, oh, I will leave, thank you, and they drop him out of the airship. But then they're flying over Golden Gate Bridge. I think it's Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Mayday <laughs> no, says... No, it's the Seven. Yeah, it's the yeah. Seven, yeah. <laughs> What? Port Talbot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're flying over the Gold Bridge, and, and Mayday says, What of you? And Zorin goes, To a kill. Like, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I, I remember as a child watching this and going, I remember if, intently going, When I grow up, I'll know what the fuck that means. Mm. And I still don't. No, I still don't. I don't understand how that could possibly make any sense apart from if you know the film's called View to a Kill. Yeah. She should say, What of you? And he should go, Yes, it is. Oh, of a, of a kill yeah. would work. Like a business, like a kill mm. with a deal, that would work, but to mm. a kill. No, it doesn't make sense. No. Um, but it's quite a cool title, so you've got to jam it in somehow. It's a good title. Yeah. 
And the song's good as well. We forgot to mention the song. Yeah. I bloody bad. love this song. Yeah. The video's shit. Yeah. Bon. Simon Le Bon. Oh, oh God, just got a shiver up my spine. Yeah. yeah, that's bad. And with the little, C- the little it's not CG, the little um, camera that's floating around them all the time. Yeah. That looks really awful. It's naff as hell. Yeah. But the song's good. The song's it was probably my favourite one for a long time. Oh, yeah. But in their defence, I think Simon Le, Le Bon's perfectly aware of how shit it is, because when he says, Bon, Simon Le Bon, he's not being very serious. Well, no. Was this before or after he got trapped in a yacht? When did Simon Le Bon get trapped in a yacht? Didn't he get, like, uh, lost at sea on a yacht? I have almost no Simon Le Bon factoids. I think that's my only one. Was he on his own? Yes, I think so. And he had to be rescued. And he ate the other members. He ate the other members. Yeah. Duran Duran's from Star Trek, you know. I do know that. Yeah. Is this box mum? So, no, it's not his mum. Duran Duran is, because uh, his mum's Amanda. Oh. Uh, uh, oh I Amanda. Don't know, I can't oh, she's human, isn't she's she? She's human, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Duran Duran is, um, I don't know what that is. Is it like a Vulcan elder, maybe? It's probably, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, my, ah, it's a priestess. Oh, no, wait, that's Tapau. That's Rio. Oh, fuck. Again, please call in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Klingon proverb, hungry like a wolf. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that does feel like... Does, that pro- must be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so Bond goes to San Francisco and he meets the Chinese detective. Yeah. I have a question. Oh, yeah. So this is Chuck Lee, the CIA yes. guy. His uh, current mission is to find out everything he can about Zorin's plan to destroy Silicon Valley. That's right. He's undercover as a waiter in a clam chowder cafe down by the docks. Yes. Help. <laughs> Explain that one. Why? Why is he undercover as a waiter? Yes. I don't know. Why? Because I imagine being in the office, you're like, we've got a big case for you, boy. Big case, boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the Welsh CIA. The Welsh CIA, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big case. Right. Uh, Silicon Valley, something's fucking it up. Don't know what. We reckon it's Zorin. What we are going to do, right? Oh, yeah, this is exciting. It is exciting. It's a big job for you, boy. Right, so, let me ask you a question. Do you have your own tabard? What? Right. What we are doing is we have set you up in... Do you know what clam chowder is? It's sort of chunky soup. Um, we're going to set you up as a waiter there and just listen out for stuff. Right, is this anywhere near? Not really, no. no he, and he, is Zorin a regular? Don't... No, wouldn't have thought so. But just keep an eye, Generally. There's a really big pair of binoculars. Yeah, yeah, a really big pair of binoculars. Just ask fishermen, what have you, sell chunky soup, and uh, just call us if you hear anything. To be fair, yes. To be fair, it turns out that Zorin's doing something which is disrupting fishermen with his pipeline, which is luck. Yeah, it it's is, yeah. blind luck. Yeah, yeah. He's got a pipeline where he's pumping seawater into oil pipelines yeah. to check the integrity. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so Bond hearing upon hearing this, and we also hear that Carl Mortner used to experiment with making, trying to make the perfect superhuman child. Yeah. Like old Martin Borman did. Yeah. During the old world, old Martin Borman World War Do Do, <laughs> the French would call it. Old Marty Borman. Marty Borman. I remember. Oh, where is he these days? You don't see Marty around no more, do you? He used to call himself a non-stop dancer. <laughs> He went to Argentina, didn't he? Well, nobody knows. He might have him. They think they found his body, didn't they? But some people suspect that he went to Argentina. Well, what have they found? They just found a body. They found, they found a body. They found a body. Yeah. And he had a T-shirt that said, I'm Martin Ballman. That's right. Or I heart Martin Ballman. I heart Martin Ballman. If found, please return a pub. He said, <laughs> or be a keller. 
And um, so I don't know if they didn't ask any more questions. My wife went to Nazi Germany. And all I got was this Martin Borman T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and persecutors. <laughs> and persecutors, yeah, they were a hell of a time. <laughs> um, yeah, Borman went to, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm Nobody about knows where Martin Borman went. No, Jack no. Higgins wrote a book about it. He did, didn't he? Called Thunder Point. Thunder Point. Which is, <laughs> yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Is that before book. PowerPoint? Probably after PowerPoint, it was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a submarine thriller, and uh, about somebody finds evidence that Martin Bowman went to Argentina, mm. and it's spies trying to find him. Doesn't matter, cut it out. How come they could like Ronnie Biggs went to Brazil? Yeah, and people were able. No, I don't know. I'm going this. Forget it. <laughs> um, so Bond in the evening decides to go and have a look at Zorin's pipeline, and I don't mean his genitals. <laughs> and when he gets there, he already finds that some KGB guys are sniffing about. Yeah, and one of them gets caught. Yeah, but not uh, not. He got caught in the pipeline, didn't he? Got he? Caught in the pipeline. See what gives me the on. No, because um, they, they record what Zorin's going to do on a little Walkman that used to get in the eighties that could go underwater. Yeah, the yellow one. Yeah, sports. Yeah. I think it was called a sports Walkman. Yeah, and uh, water sports maybe. And um, that's why it's yellow, like yeah. piss. <laughs> But Fiona Fullerton's one of them, but she manages to hide. But the other one gets caught and put yeah. into the threshing machine yeah. in the pipeline. Which is one of my favourite bits of the movie. Because mm. in a film that is generally quite unimaginative and, like I say, workmanlike, there is that lovely detail where they chuck him in the pipe mm. and they cut to the pressure gauge. Because he's like chunks. That's actually a really gross little detail. Yeah, That's quite nice. Reminds me a bit of Jaws 3. Um, yes. There's a bit in Jaws 3 where someone has to go into a pipeline and gets caught like that. Or is gets eaten by the shark. One of the two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Simon McCorkendale's Cockney. Or is it Simon Cork? Oh, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> um, so, Bond catches Fiona Fullerton at the seafront. Right. On the beach. Yeah. And they go back to... <clears throat> oh, God, a hot bar fuck parlour. They do. They go to... Well, she's called Polar Invanova. Right. And they go to a hot tub. I bet that, is that dirty in Russian, do we reckon? I reckon. Probably yeah. means fuck biscuits or something. <laughs> uh, but they go to a hot tub to relax. Because obviously, yeah. after witnessing one of your comrades yeah, being Elevenite, Elevenite. chopped up, you're going to get in the hot tub. Yeah. And this is where you get some lovely... I don't know, if it, it must be a body double of Rog. Just sort of tiptoeing, mincing about and getting in the hot tub. Yeah. And again, hair's not getting wet. Yeah, very no, careful can't risk it. that way. It'll rust the nail that's keeping it <laughs> It'll on. It'll turn the pool brown, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's when he, she says, you know, they've got, they're listening to this music that's kind of like, now that's what I call Oriental music. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Bing, bong, bing. <laughs> it's like that bit in um, Team America where they do the, South, the North Korean musical at the end and it's just going, ping, pong, pang, ping, <laughs> yes. pong. It's that going on in the background. But then he changes the tape and she says, uh, the bubbles tickle my... And he puts on the classical and she goes, Tchaikovsky, which is a funny joke. It's not bad, isn't it? It, it feels a little on the buses as well, but yeah. it's... Um, but it's... They're trying. There's, mm. and also, what else is she in? Was she in a bunch of stuff in the 80s? I think, yeah. I think she was in like, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, what? As Alice. The, um, the Jonathan Miller one? No. That was the 60s one, wasn't it? This yeah. is one from the early 80s. Oh. Isn't she about 42? What, at this point? Yeah. No. She's probably in her mid-20s, I'd imagine. Is she? She does look older, though, doesn't she? Does, she does, though. Yeah. But she was quite a sort of glamour, sexy lady. That yeah, she's lovely. She's mm. good. Yeah. It's an unnecessary scene. 
Oh, definitely. It's only there, seems to be, for comic effect, because he gets in the shower. Obviously, after having a hot tub, you have to have a shower. Yeah. And she's, she takes the tape that she's recorded yeah. of Zorin and runs off with a gurgles waiting for her outside. And they zoom off in the car. But Roger had already swapped them. So she puts on the tape, ready to listen to it in the car stereo, and you get ping pong, pang, <laughs> ping pong. And it is the biggest mugging performances from the two of them. Triple takes. It's, oh, much. God, yeah. it's like, dude, where's my car level yeah. of acting there? It's mm. so odd. I quite like it. It's fine. Mm. But it, also, there's a thing in that. Why is Gogol, he's a general in the KGB. Why is he hanging around San Francisco picking birds up? Mm. Wait, no, oh, I'll just answer me on question there. You have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Rog, ever the, um, well, Bob, I guess because of his age, he hears Dorian on this tape talking about main strike in two days. So he writes down on a notepad, main strike, question mark. Question mark seems superfluous, doesn't yeah, it? Really? Yeah, just uh, write it down. I, don't, I won't know what it is. It's like the film Memento. <laughs> yeah, if I don't write down what it is, my, my Roger Moore impression not yeah. as good as my It's walking. pretty good, though. It's not. Yeah. If I don't write it down, I'll forget what this is. Yeah. I'll be like, I've got to go to shop to pick up my main strike. I don't even know what it is. It's like a long, long wait. Tart, long wait. Tartan paint. Oh, no. Uh, Skyhook. I'm looking for Farrow and Ball, main strike. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, so, Bond then goes to see... Um, <clears throat> he goes to see the San Francisco Town Hall yeah. man. Yeah. And says his name is James Stock yeah. from the London Financial yeah. Times. And he's asking about Zorin in general. <clears throat> and then he says, just one more question. One thing my readers would love to know is why are they putting seawater in the pipes? <laughs> I thought, is the Financial Times really going to be interested in that? <laughs> they, I mean, you, it's the sort of thing you put in, but I don't think anyone's going to finish reading the article going, right. you know what, they haven't fucking mentioned this, the seawater in the pipes at all. Mm. This, this paper's gone to shit. Yes. Where are the tits? <laughs> and then the guy's like, ah, oh, that's an easy answer. It's to test the integrity of the pipeline. Thing is, I think he believes it. <clears throat> yeah. But he is like a geologist as well, presumably. He would know mm. that's bullshit. Yeah. Although, with that said, later on, Stacey Sutton says, oh, it's very dangerous to do that. doesn't explain why. Doesn't she say it could, co- it could cause earthquakes? Yeah, she says that. Mm. How? And she's got a, um, get, uh, what's it called? You know where you can test uh, earthquake? Geiger count. No, no, no the Geiger uh, Richter, Richter scale, scale. Yeah. yeah. Presumably comes in handy after making love. Yeah, <laughs> that was a one. <laughs> so less than a one. He's, he's so... You're very old. Well... Yeah, well, he goes to her house. Rather than knocking on the front door, he decides to sneak into her bedroom and have a quick look at her having a shower. Yeah. I just knock on the front door. Yeah. Say, I'm James Stock from the Financial Times. Because he keeps telling her his name is James Stock from the Financial Times. Yeah. She comes out with a shotgun, as you rightly would if a 56-year-old man wandered into your bedroom. Mm -hmm. But then, luckily, just then, before Bond can possibly explain why he's doing that, they're ambushed by three or four Berlin Which is men. lucky, because mm. if the bad guys hadn't turned up, she'd have shot him, quite yeah. rightly. Well, he wouldn't have died, though, because she says that in the bullets it's just rock salt. It'd have killed him. He's 58. <laughs> the noise would have killed him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least shat himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the financial... It doesn't matter. I'll find my own way out. <laughs> I've disgraced myself. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Bond's shoes in the way. One of them's got the worst wig on I've ever seen. It looks like Harpo Marx. Fuck, it's all got right. this curly wig on. 
So he's obviously a stuntman they've used before and they want to disguise it. Yeah, like, nobody will see through this. Yeah. <clears throat> so to calm things down, Bond decides to make us some dinner. And he says, opening the oven, et voila, quiche de cabernet. Made her a quiche. Yeah, it's a quiche, isn't it? She says, what is it? And he says, it's an omelette. It's an omelette. It's supposed to be funny and she laughs. Don't know. Is that supposed to be funny? I think so, because she laughs. But it, but he's given, I thought the joke was he's given a posh word to an omelette. Maybe so. But it's not an omelette. It's not an omelette. It's got a crust. Yeah, it's a quiche. It looks shit as well. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, if you laminate it together from a bunch of shit in the oven, because she had olives from somewhere, yeah. I, it's fine, but are we supposed to be impressed by that? I think we are. Oh, well, it's, it's a quiche. Do you think Stacey isn't done much justice in this film? They've written her as a complete fucking idiot. She's a pretty bad, genuinely... Considering this is his last film, she's one of the worst Bond girls. Mm. He, and it's, it's underwritten, and it's very one-note, and mm. and she's not great, no. it, I don't think, but she's not given that much to do. No. And she doesn't even turn up till 40 minutes from the end, really. Not really. She's a bit in France, but then you don't see her for ages. And she spends the rest of the film screaming and needing to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can't imagine, because the thing is with Octopussy, Octopussy was the one before, wasn't it? Yes. You kind of believe, if that had been the last one, you could imagine that him and Octopussy, he would have retired mm. and him and Octopussy might have worked out because they were closer in age, yes. like 15 years or something. Yeah. Um, but this is just, it just ends on this slightly damp, squib, meaningless relationship. Yeah. Not going anywhere, is it? No. Just a one night thing, I reckon. And, and she's not. Very engaging character. No, she, she's, she's just that. Yeah, she's just a damsel in distress. Like you don't. Well, really she's get supposed anymore. to be super intelligent, but it doesn't get played that way. Yeah, anyone can have an Apple Mac. That she shows, has got an Apple Mac. She has got she? An Apple Mac. Yeah, I wonder if they got any money for that. They get information from Chuck Lee, and they decide to go and look in um, Lowe's office. He's the guy from the town hall mm-hmm. for some information. And when they get there, he's dead. And Zorin bursts in, and this is when he does his weird face thing. Yeah. When Bond points out that he might be a Nazi super child. And he's like, hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like that bit. I love There's it. a thing. That's my favorite. Because the thing is, he throws a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. And anyone else, just like, oh, check the Molotov cocktail. I'm just going to try it there, right? Any actor would just chuck it. But he does yeah. a thing with his arms. He yeah. just, his whole body chucks this. He's fucking brilliant in it. It is. Which is interesting because he had won an Oscar by this point, hadn't he? Yeah, did. He's Hunter. a proper actor. He yeah. was respected. There's, other than what he adds to it, it's not much of a part. No. There's no real backstory. No. He's very, he's not an interesting as a Bond villain because he's like, here's a thing he wants to do. There's no real reason. He's just destructive. And then Bond chucks you off a thing. Mm. He makes, he milks it for everything it's worth. But yeah. on the pitch, because David Bowie was like, there's nothing in this to play. It's not an interesting part. And Christopher Walken, I mean, there's still not much more in it. They hadn't written any more for him. But no. he, oh my God. Because he's one of the most memorable villains. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's all because he uses every inch of his body to play this lunatic. Yeah. Uh, and that is my favorite scene because that's, he does a bit of everything. That scene is like a best of his mental performance. And he also, I like the way that he kind of says, explains what's going to happen. He says, you, you shot him while he was, you were trying to escape. There's a fire to cover up your crime. And then they shot them in the lift. Yeah. Again, just shoot them first just to be on the safe side. And there's a very long, boring bit where he rescues her and they climb out of the top yeah. and then come down the fireman's ladder. Another pet peeve, another film pet peeve there. Mm. When they're in the lift, mm. uh, there are reflections of fire in the lift, even though there's no fire in the lift. No, it's just not. to remind the audience that there's a fire outside. Yeah. Um, just just a cheap trick there that yeah. annoys me. It's movie magic, Dan. It's John Glenn Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> New phrase. John Glenn Lazy. It's like Camptown Races. <laughs> 
Um, so they come down and then they met with a policeman who says, and this is my favourite bit, there's a man been killed, is this your gun? And Bond goes, yes, thank you. <laughs> and goes to take it back. Oh, God. And then he says, wait a minute, sir, I am James Bond, Secret Service, British Intelligence. And she is says, he? And she says, oh, I thought he was James Stock. And also, James Bond goes, ask Chuck Lee. He's with yeah. the CIA. He goes, we found his body in Chinatown. Yeah. Like, are you aware of every case going on in San Francisco tonight, mate? Also, why put him in Chinatown? That just seems like <laughs> just cliched. Yeah, it does. Put him in Italian town. <laughs> Italian town. Italian town. <laughs> Little Italy. Little Italy. Yeah, Italian town. I call it that. We found him in. Yeah, we make more sense. We found him in Jamaica Avenue. <laughs> we found him in shitty little Wales. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't there a little Wales in America? There's lots of them. Are there? There's uh, just outside Milwaukee. There's a town called Wales, and there's a flag. There's the Welsh flag. Is the is the welcome to town sign? And it says welcome to Wales, and it says Christ I Gumry in Welsh as well. No, there's a lot of around there. There's a lot of where miners went. Essentially, where there was a lot of coal mining. That's where all the Welsh people went. So they're all very Welsh around wow. there. Yeah. Have you ever been? I haven't. I've never been to that part. I want to go. You should pitch this as some sort of TV series. I would love to do a thing where we just take a bunch of comics, Welsh comics, and go right. Let's see if our shit works here. Like who knows Neath. Neath, it's in the Swansea Valley. Nothing. Start the car, lads. Look, Frankie Boyle's got a show where he's going around Scotland. You could do that where you're going around all the Welsh bits in the world. There's probably a Welsh bit in Thailand, because, you know, they all go there. Uh, <laughs> there might be a Welsh bit in, like, Nambia. There might be. Yeah. I, you know what? We don't like that hot a climate. No, it's true. We just, we're in the cold bits. We're, I mean, it's practically Canada. That's mm. what we're looking for. Are there Welshmen in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywhere there was agriculture and, and rural, uh, sort of, sort of, basically, if anything needed lifting or digging out, mm. we were there. Mm. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, well, yeah, we found Chuck Lee in Welsh Town. <laughs> yeah, with a leak up his arsehole. <laughs> Someone sending a message to the Welsh mafia. That's a big spring onion. <laughs> Is it a Welsh mafia? Yeah. What are they called? Taffia. The taffia. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. I think I said like the Yaki Nostra. <laughs> to be fair, the Welsh, they just call their family names. It's like the actual mafia where it's just, Right. So, it's just so like the Richardsons or the, yeah, the Crays. Yeah, I'm not going to say any names because they really are. Oh, right. Yeah. The Joneses. They're not, the, the Italians decided to get together and sort of, yeah, it's almost a trade union, the mafia. Mm. This is very much like people beating the shit out of each other in the street. There's a lot of Italian... A lot of Italians, yeah. In, but they, in Wales, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but they're not mobsters. They started right. ice cream parlours. Yeah. Bloody good ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you also get this line here, where he, which made me laugh as an eight-year-old in the cinema, when he says, my, Sir, my name is James Bond, and I work for British Intelligence. And the policeman says, yeah, and I'm Dick Tracy. Yes. And then he squirts him with water. Yes. And steals a fire engine. Yes. And goes over a bridge. Yeah. This uh, is one of those ones, like, the old, like they, they thought, we'll figure out why oh. later, but I would like him to be dragged along on a, on a ladder of a thing, and he'll jump over a bridge. Like, we'll figure out why later. Yeah. It's, and it's nice. It's his last big action scene, this really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Apart from the um, hanging off the air yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah. But that was, oh, yeah, there's a pathetic shot of that later on. Mm. But um, this is his first out on location, mm. holding on to something, like proper last big stunt scene. I also quite like it when James Bond is in America. Yeah. I don't know why. He it's, doesn't really go anymore. It's a bit of fish out of water, crocodile and Dundee type thing. Yeah. I think they should play with that more because he's a stiff ass Brit. Yeah, and I mean, his experiences in America have got my one of my all-time favorite lines from a movie. Not this one, but "Secret Agent on Who's Side" mm. is my favorite. Yeah, 
But he, he hasn't been to America in decades, has he? No. Oh. I think this is the last time. Okay. Yeah, pretty sure of that. Yeah, he was. It's live and let die in this. That's it. Mm. Anyway, so they, him and Stacy drive the fire engine to Main Strike, which we now know is a mine. Yeah. Well, Main Strike's going to happen there. And the mine is actually takes place in a place called Amberley in Sussex, near yes. where I live. And I've been there, and the mine carts are still there with oh, the wow. Zorin logos on them. Oh, wow. Yes, it's amazing. And you can go to the entrance where Grace Jones comes out later on in that little cart. You can actually walk up to it and look down. There's nothing in there. But it's amazing. It's like living in a, going to a little bit of Bond history. Is it just like private land? No, it's a working museum. Oh, it is? Yeah. For mining, not Bond, presumably. Yeah, it used okay. to be a mine, and now it's just like a museum <laughs> with stuff where you can wander around and look at. But they're very proud of the fact that yeah, Bond's yeah. shot there, and all the minecarts are all still lined up with the Zorin logos on them. They're all, they look like it was made yesterday. That's brilliant. Amazing. Do they keep them up? I mean, they must have... Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's they're a bit rusty here and where there. Where is Amberley? Where is... Uh, it's just near Sussex, so right, near okay. where I was sort of Worthing area. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, if I get a chance, I want to see that. You should. It's good. It's good fun. Um, the kids will love it. Oh, they don't like Bond. In fact, I watched this with my, one of my kids yesterday, and she was terrified. Really? Of what? I don't know. I kept saying, which bit is scarier? I think I don't think you're scared. I is think... it Roger? <laughs> yeah, probably. Is she scared of Elf? What's wrong with his neck? Yeah. Oh. Um, but they, they drive to the, the mine. They, they drive up there with a the fire engine, and then they nick a Zorin truck and drive in. Yeah. And one of the best bits is where they get out of the car. She's got her high heels on, and a man notices it's a woman, and Roger does an American accent. Okay. Do you know what? I just realised how depressing it is. This is the last vehicle he drives in a Bond movie. Yes. Of all the cars he's had. In fact, even when he gets his own car to rent, he's got a Ford Granada. That's when he drives up to Stacey Sutton's office. He does. He's had a Lotus Esprit. Now he's got this crappy little truck in Sussex. This car, could, this film could have done with a sexy car, couldn't it? A car that like goes underwater or... Just, yeah, just a Miniaturises, goes in Zorin's arse. He hasn't got... Has he got any gadgets in this? No, apart from the credit card reading Yeah, that's it. Thing. A, a sharp image. Oh, and the, gl- the, and the glasses. And the gl- oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And the, oh, the little scanner thing. But they're not the yeah. coolest ones you ever had. No. And the thing is, you know the sharper image one that he uses to break in a window? It yeah. goes, do-do-do-do, beep. Yeah. But you can just open a window with a regular sharper image one. You don't mm. need a do-do-do beep. Beverly Hills Cop 2 told me that. Yes, exactly. You just get the silver from the bubble gum, yeah. chewing gum, and sing the dating game theme as you do it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she steps out of the car and you can see her high heels. Everyone looks like, everyone's basically thinking, why is this woman here? And he says, in his American accent, women's lib, they're taking over the Teamsters. Well, it's, was it, is it, I suppose he's coming down positively on the side of it. He's not, he's saying it. He's not, mm. he's not saying like, fucking the men in it. Who's mm. with me? Lads, up top. Mm. He's just saying, look, they're taking over the Teamsters, right? It's progressive yeah let's just embrace it yeah but there's a good little in joke here because when they go in the hut to put on the uniforms so they can get out yeah they find two uniforms and put them on and Stacy's one when she comes out it's like perfectly tailored to her body yes and he just looks at her and goes he says something like it's good that you can find one that fits yeah it's got a bosom isn't it mm mm yeah um is that authentic I'm not sure well she's basically Zoolander at this point isn't she because <laughs> she's <laughs> got the black lung pop <laughs> she's good she's she looks great mm. um it's, uh... but zorin's plan at this point is he's put a bomb in the mine which then the grand plan is he's going to blow up silicon valley flood it well, he's going to blow up this flood silicon valley and then take over the microchip market right why not just buy silicon valley 
and take over the microchip market. Also, this isn't how it works. No. It's, do they think there's a finite amount of microchips? Yes, there is, yeah. There was three, I think. <laughs> All in a shed. It's... It, it, I love when technology is misunderstood by screenwriters, mm. and there's a big one. What are you going to do now? Build more? I'm being told they can build more. <laughs> okay, plan B. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking maybe opening a coffee shop. <laughs> oh, we have to flood all other coffee shops. You have to flood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. Goodbye, Costa. <laughs> Um, but yeah so they sneak in and there's this big conflict but, but Zorin kills all his own men starts drowning them and then stands over them with an Uzi just machine gunning all the survivors which for a Bond film is quite genocidic yes yeah but it's not that bad and I, that was the part that Roger Moore looked, had trouble with right? yeah and he yeah. said I, I, I read him going it wasn't a Bond film to really a lot of linger on the brains and the guts and things like that mm. but it doesn't at all, I don't think even when he shoots people, there's any blood scripts. No, there's no blood. He's just, it sounds like a 58 year old man going, Where's all this violence coming from? In the old days, it was just me with a bunch of blacks in the jungle blowing up smack. <laughs> like, like, what's he? What, I don't know what point. What's offensive about this? It's not a violent film. No, no. And it especially, isn't. I don't think it was more. There's more disturbing things in the other films, I think. No, absolutely. Especially License to Kill coming up. He eats a goat's eyeball in the last one. He does. Yeah, he gets sheep's head. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Mayday finds that her two accomplices, so Jenny Flex and her other friend, have both been drowned. Yeah. And Mayday thinks, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, she turns all the time. She has a change of heart. Yeah. And helps Bond get the bomb out, which goes on for fucking ages, by the way. Him being lowered in there. Meanwhile, Stacey comes wandering out of a hole and gets kidnapped by a Zeppelin. Which how shit do you have to be to get kidnapped by a how zeppelin? How deaf do you have to be to hear a zeppelin coming up behind you going, "What's that?" Huh? <laughs> yeah, someone around here's got one of them. Uh, sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> Who's mowing the lawn around here? It's a mine. <laughs> I don't know about this. It seems. Yeah, she's taken. So Mayday and Bond are getting the bomb on this minecart. Well, I think what their plan is is just to get it outside and blow it up. Yeah, but it can't stop. I mean, someone has to constantly be on it to make it move. Yeah. So Mayday sacrifices herself. She says, get Zorin for me. Yeah. And then goes outside and blows up. Yeah. But just before she blows up, which often happens apparently, with shock, she turns into a mannequin. <laughs> apparently that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you notice in a lot of films when someone falls... Casino, it happened, yeah. Yeah, and someone falls out of a plane, they'll often turn into a floppy mannequin yeah, dummy. Oh, yeah. This has got the worst mannequins. Oh, my God. The bloke who fell out of the Zeppelin earlier, who was, you know, I don't want to be part of meeting... Got- Fuck knees, he has. Yeah, they're wobbly. <laughs> also, then they throw him out of... Isn't he above San Francisco and that happens? Yeah. Someone's going to go... Did you see a guy fall out of that Zeppelin? Which Zeppelin? <laughs> Which one was it? Well, that one... Yeah. One that says Zorin, Zorin on it. <laughs> I'm going to call the police. Uh, it looked like a dummy to me. Nah, that's a good point. I'll probably leave it. Yeah. Probably, they probably just fell out. Bust his knees before you throw him out. That way, people think it's a dummy. <laughs> I think it all through. Intuitive genius... <laughs> So Bond sees um, Stacy being kidnapped. She's a fucking idiot. Yeah, and he jumps onto the rope ladder or the no, the the, 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 the what they call the guide ropes. Yeah, which is on a tent traditionally. I know yeah, but yeah. this is a zeppelin, yeah, kind yeah. of like a tent. And then they take him on a tour of San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> and make no effort to get rid of him. No, and he smacks his balls on a uh, television aerial. Yeah, in, in what looks like the set of Sesame Street. While we're on it, it yeah. looks 
faker's balls. It does. Um, and that, that's his last visual gag about his nuts as well. Yeah. Because at this point, we can just sort of tick off, this is the last time he did this. It's the last yeah. time he did yeah. this. Um, and then, well, then what happened? They, they get to the Golden Gate. He manages to get them tied onto the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, bit of luck. So Zorin sends out his henchman, who basically all, all, instantly falls off and to his death. Yeah. So then Zorin goes out with an axe to yep. sort him out. Yep. And they've, oh, they've also crashed into the Golden Gate Bridge, so half of the Zeppelin's like exposed of the, the little thing. That's right, yes. And Morton has an amazing moment that happens to old people a lot, and sometimes when I'm really tired, he tries to get out of his seat and forgets he's got his seatbelt. <laughs> he goes, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> this would have never happened under the Führer. <laughs> but he's also got what everybody else at that time had, it's a big craze in the eighties, like Soda Stream yeah. and Swing Ball. Yeah. He had loads of dynamite yeah. in the fridge. Yeah, we had them <laughs> in the fridge. In the fridge. And uh, he thinks I'll I'll sort everything out. I'll just get some dynamite and throw them. You know, don't worry that we're in a hot air balloon, thousands of feet above the air. I'm going to say this: the ground, even people have mocked this scene before. Hmm. If it had worked, he'd have been a fucking hero. Yeah, he's a clumsy old man. If yeah. he'd actually got to the door properly and chucked it and timed the, the explosion just right, people would be like, "Fucking hell!" But You're he a good have, boy. The Zeppelin would have blown up as well, though. No, oh, no, he's far enough away. If he had timed it just right, okay. I think I think it would have been, it would have been probably. In fact, it would have blown up Roger Moore and mm. probably pushed the Zeppelin into safety. Yeah, with the if the, it had the worked, force. Yeah, if it had worked, you would be like, "This guy is he's, this guy's the buff." <laughs> Sadly, it doesn't work. No, I dropped it on the floor and he died. Good Walken acting here, though, because when he's going to fall off the bridge. Rather than looking all scared and everything, he gives that kind of laugh. Like a laugh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then slips. That's a lovely touch. It's great. Yeah. It's one of the best villain deaths for that reason. Because even to his last second alive, he's still fucking mad. Yeah. I, I wonder that. how much freedom he was given. Because he goes, okay, I'm going to laugh. We don't. Uh, we're looking for more of a sort of a, oh, no. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to laugh, chuckle, and then I'm going to leave so you can't shoot me again. I'm done with you. <laughs> But he falls into and then Dr. Mortner goes to chuck his dynamite but drops it. Yeah. And then the Zeppelin and all explodes. Yeah. And him and Stacey are left on top of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Do you think they did? I mean, you would, wouldn't you? Go, Listen, I know we've been in mortal danger, but I'm, frankly, um, the, the air's thin up here and apparently I'm now finding that that's my thing. I've got the right fucking horn. I've got the horn. <laughs> Yeah. I'll show you a stick of dynamite. Oh. My penis. That's what I, yeah, that's what I thought. Yes, that's it's where I keep my cum. And, <laughs> and then we get something that's a bit of a trope in Bond films where the HQ don't know where he is. Yeah. So they go to Stacey's house and they, they, they put into action Q's sophisticated surveillance robot. Yep. And uh, it trundles through the house and sees Bond having a shower with Stacey. Yeah. And Q... Uh, Q watches. Yeah. He looks annoyed that he's seen people having sex. Yeah, he does. He, uh, it's easy to say that Q's a pervert mm. because of his track record of inventions, but he genuinely seems pissed off when he actually ends up using his devices for what they would be used for, perversions. Yes. He's like, oh, he's having sex, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> but the last lines Roger Moore ever says is Bond are just perfect. Because they're in the shower and you can hear little small talk. And if you put the subtitles on, they all come up. Right. And one of them, you hear Bond say, I've dropped the soap. No way. Honestly. And then you hear her giggling. And his last ever line of James Bond, which could not be more fitting ever, is, Oh. 
<laughs> and I'm wondering if she's put something up his bum. Um, I'd like to think so. Yeah. That would be amazing if, just as the end of the thing, the last thing to sort of, the perf- perfect ending would be a copy of that gun barrel shot, but through his arsehole. <laughs> and it's just a hand jamming some dove soap up there. Oh, still, imperial leather. Imperial leather. Yeah. It's a bit more classy than that. And that's the end of A View to a Kill. And that is the end of Roger. Yeah. Fitting way to go, though. Ooh. Yeah. I, what do you think of this as his swan song, though? I re- I'm really pleased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you glad it finished there? Yeah. But. No, I think he should have stopped at uh, possibly Fiori's only. Oh, yeah, but he didn't like that one, did he? No. Because that's not very Bondy either. No. I mean, that wasn't his Bond. No. It was more of a Connery film, I think. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like Octopussy very much, but I think no. this is better than Octopussy. But the thing about Octopussy, if, if it ended there, it has the ending with her where they're on the boat and you yeah. imagine that they could have had a life together. Also, All Time High, that song kind of, I listened to it yesterday, that feels like it's kind of the end, mm. that's the story of the end of him. And then this feels like tacked on. Yeah. It is fun, and of its own thing, it's fun. Mm. But it's, I don't find it a very fitting ending for what would be, what, 15, nearly 15 years yeah. of him doing this. He was the longest one until now. Still, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Of all the films we've done, this one I enjoyed. Yes. All right. Well, we're at the point where I'm going to ask you some quick-fire questions. Yeah. Dan Thomas, are you ready? Yes. In your opinion, what is the best Bond film? Goldfinger. Perfect. What's the worst Bond film? Uh, Thunderball. Really? Yeah, I knew this was going to be controversial. That oh. is the one that I generally am the most bored by. The, the, the last third is really painful yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, why is he underwater again? I'm not following any of this anymore. I don't even know who he is. No. <laughs> Couldn't tell you who he is. Um, can you give me your made-up Bond film title? Uh, I've got an alternate title for this. Just The Last Roger. The Last Roger. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bond is full of silly lady names, such as Holly Goodhead, Plenty of Tool, and Plenty of Smallbone. Give me your best Bond lady name, please. A friend of mine suggested Mrs. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of basic... But I love that. That's like a zen. Yeah, Mrs. Tits. I would also like to suggest two Welsh ones, mm-hmm. which one would be Shani Vlewog. Shani is a name. Mm-hmm. And Vlewog is furry. And Shani Vlewog, as it is, is just an unkept vagina. <laughs> uh, and the other one is Seren Ade. Seren is a Welsh name. Ade means the south. So star of the south. Basically, it's slang for bumhole. So they, could be a, they could be a... So, Miss, was it Mrs. Tits? Mrs. Tits. She could be like the lead henchman. Yeah. And they could be her two. Like Bambi and Thumper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which basically, so you'd have Tits, Fanny, and Bumhole. Yes. That's the three <laughs> angels of death in the, in, in the last Roger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you are Q. Sorry about that. But what gadgets would you, would you have made for Bond in this film if you had your way? Um, I think. Uh, not so much of a bond, it's for him. A, a robotic cue that can be the one that he sends to the sexual misconduct uh, tribunal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so you can keep working. Mm. So a, a sex pest cue robot right. is what I would have built. Yeah. Because it would be a tribunal, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Many times over. Or would you think they sweep it under the carpet? Savile-like? Um, I think it's a slap on the wrist. Because it's like, who else can do his job? Because Q famously was buried in a gold coffin in concrete. <laughs> No. Um, finally, who would you have as James Bond next, apart from Ewan Griffith? Um, okay, in fact, oh, that's interesting, actually. I was mm. going to go Welsh as well. Go on. Um, well, I, part of me was thinking 
Bond often is reflective of where we are in Britain. So Sean Connery was kind of brutal and pragmatic, mm-hmm. and Connery was kind of tired but still debonair, mm. the way Britain was back then. So I think since we're sort of pigneg ignorant and small-minded now, how about Lawrence Fox? Oh, God. Give it to him. Yeah. Or, so that's the mean answer, yeah. the, I reckon Matthew Reese. Oh, yeah. Who was Ewan Griffith's, by the way, it's Ewan Griffith. We're not going through this. No, thing. we don't do that again. Uh, was his housemate years ago in Cardiff. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Matthew Reese, I think, is... He's got a quality. He might be too old now to be yeah. starting it. Yeah, he's married to that. What's her name? The Kerry Russell. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Done all right, isn't he? He has done all for right for a Welsh lad. Yeah, for a Welsh lad. Yeah, we can all get a Kerry Russell. Can you? Yeah. Why don't you get one? I've got loads. Have <laughs> you? In Port Talbot, I keep them around the place, locked up somewhere. They got their own cottages. <laughs> Hey, I got through the whole thing without having to do Zippy and George. Ah, Good. Why don't you do Zippy and George? No. Is that Zippy? That, no. Oh. I, was, I, I, I did, when I was watching, I did picture Godfrey, uh, Sir Tibbet, and, and Bond as George and Zippy. Go, I'll make sure that the tape's on. <laughs> don't yell at me again. I'm carrying all your things up the stairs. Oh, oh you oaf. <laughs> that would be that. That's good. Well, Thanks. I can't, I can't think of a better way to end. Goodbye. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for coming back. It's a pleasure as always. Yeah. Join us next time when we do a better film again, maybe. Yeah, let's start doing things for fun. Let's start doing good <laughs> At films. At this point in our lives. Let's make this a tradition. <laughs> Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.